in the second session talking about being motiv uh, keeping motivated as a leader in ministry, I want to just start off by reading that prob the book of that Proverbs chapter three that I was uh, referred to or referenced in the uh, first session. I want to read the first eighteen verses. They're such a wonderful encouragement. I might leave out a little part of uh, verse two or three, but. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, if you'll turn in your Bibles to that, it says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And this is what we're talking about. Prolonged life in ministry, keeping motivated, being effective. They will bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Then he says this in verse four, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, everything, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Listen to this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Can I say this? Even with people that God brings into your church, honor him by making them available to plant churches, to go out, to help others around the world. Honor the Lord with your wealth, because part of our wealth is just not money. It's all that God provides for us. With the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Referring really, when we look at it in the New Testament context, to the, the, the Holy Spirit, the new wine, Jesus by his Spirit. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than, sis, uh, than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. This is wisdom and understanding. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. What a wonderful scripture. Now, we finished off that last session uh, where I was uh, talking about all of our priorities, etc., things we need to do. And I said that I wanted to start this session with our daily disciplines. Now, I just want to refer back to message preparation. That's part of our daily discipline. Let it be a discipline. Don't squeeze it in at the end of the day. Give it the best part of your day too. Spend time with God, hearing what God wants you to preach on, and prepare carefully, prepare accurately, check Scripture with Scripture, check that this is what the Word really means. The main thing at the end of every message really is that your people know God better and that they also have developed a further understanding of God's will and his ways and his works and his wonders for them. So 
part of the daily discipline. Also handling your administration. I touched that. Uh, not all of us are the best administrators in the world, but God gives us people that can help us to administrate well, use them well, handling the administration, making sure that things are running well in the church, smoothly and biblically, even when they're over the rough patches. And that's why God gives us a team, so that we can do all that we're called to do, and that they can do all that they're called to do, and we together do all that we're called to do. Holding people on your staff accountable if they're really messing up, not forever bossing them, keeping check on them, uh, making them report back to you all the time. That's keeping them immature, babies. If they're on your staff, you, put, you brought them on because, surely, because they have some capability and they have some level of maturity. And then prioritize. Also, we're talking about your daily disciplines. Prioritize. Don't let, don't do the first, those things that you like to do, uh, but do the things that need to be done, not just what you like to do, but, but the things that need to be done. So many people just do what they like and leave the, what needs to be done, and then they don't have the energy or the time uh, to do what needs to be done. And our our, our priorities are God priorities first, family priorities, secondly, personal priorities, thirdly, and then the rest. So we'll come back to the prioritizing in a moment. Never, and the next thing I want to say to you, please listen carefully to this, never make a monument out of a movement or out of a moment or out of a move of God. What do I mean by that? Don't try to force into this meeting or into the future, what God did in the past or what he did in the last meeting. Don't try to make it happen again. I don't know, there's so few pastors know how to, how to overcome that temptation. That I just see it all the time. God just did something wonderful in that last week, so we're going to try and make it happen again. They're making a monument out of a move of God or out of a moment. Uh, don't force blessings. The blessings of last week, last meeting, or the, the past into the future, and then here's a very <laughs> so important but so stupid to say: don't worry. Worry kills you. Paul says in Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians, what did I write? Four sixteen. Be don't be anxious about anything, but with prayer, supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And he promises us the peace of God will guard your heart. It will garrison your heart. The peace of God that passes all understanding is going to keep your heart and mind focused on Christ. So don't worry. And then take risks. Take risks with what you learn. God shows you something. Take a risk. Share with some others maybe. But that sometimes you've got to just step out of the boat, walk on the water. Take risks with the things that you haven't done before. Dare. If it's in the Word of God, dare to do it. Take risks with who you delegate responsibility to. I hear these pastors constantly saying to me, but the guy's not ready. He's too immature. And I look at them and I don't have the courage to say to them, what about you? Right now, you're still immature. And yet God entrusted you, when I think of God entrusting me, Dudley, 
I would never have done that. God called me and gave me opportunities and responsibility that I would never I'd find it very difficult to give to another person. Delegate responsibility. And then take risks in releasing leaders, even young ones. Take some risks. If you want to live with a, still motivated at the end, you want to see the future in the present and the present now into the future through people. Take risks. And then, so important, live healed. Live healed. Try not to take things personally when people attack. If it's at all possible, just try not to take the things personally. I know that sometimes it's very hard to do. Sometimes I fail. I think we all do from time to time. But I want to say it again. Please, try not to take things personally. They attack you because they don't know how to get to God. You're the first thing and you in their thinking, you're the closest thing to God they can get at, so they go at you. They did it with Moses. They did it with Paul. They even did it with Jesus. So live healed. Don't dwell on your failures from the past. Don't dwell on all the betrayals. Every one of us is betrayed from time to time. People we trusted the most betray us. That's happened to me right throughout my Christian experience. People I gave my life for, opened up doors of opportunity for, just betrayed me just for themselves. You just can't keep dwelling on it. You're not exclusive in this. It happened to Jesus, betrayed by one of the twelve. Over and over betrayed. Paul, all those have forsaken me. This is nothing new. It comes with the territory. But don't dwell on the failures and don't dwell on those betrayals. And then have a big vision. A God-worthy vision. So many people's vision is too small. I want to speak about how to be, in another session, how to enlarge, become bigger in God and how to enlarge your church and your leadership, etc. But have a big vision, a God-worthy vision. And while we need to have a big, big vision, remember this little principle that's found in Exodus 23, verse 30. This has been such a help for me. While I've got a big, God-worthy vision, hopefully, I've learned also that sometimes it's little by little that we reach that. Little by little, God gave them the land. So patience is essential in a big vision. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it actually tells us, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the, what God has, has, has been provided for us. Moving on quickly, all of these are such long, long, we could, there's so much to say, but keep relational. I tell you that the times you feel like you're burning out, and burnout generally is well, because you're trying to do it on your own, or you've given, you've tried to please everybody and include everybody and everything all the time. Jesus couldn't do it, but he did keep relationships. And know your levels of relationships. Jesus had John. And John was able to say of himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved. John knew that he had a relationship with Jesus that almost I don't think anyone else had. But then there was Peter, James and John. And they had a relationship not quite like John's. But John was included, but they had a relationship that was a difference to the, the 12. And then Jesus had that relationship with the 12. And so you've got to 
Be relational. This has to be a high priority in your life, a high value. Hurts, disappointments, etc. can cause you to want to withdraw, to protect yourself. Don't allow this to happen. Be wise with whom you invite into your circle. Be it your friendships or even into the church as to who preaches, but keep relational. And then maintain your value system, even while being creative. Maintain those things that are high value to you, the non-negotiables. A seared conscience will lead you into deception and eventually drain you of all your motivation, your energy, your strength. So maintain your value system no matter what the pressure and what's being offered to you. It was Jesus was offered if you just cast yourself down from this mountain. All the stuff will be yours. But Jesus had a value system. And I've tried all my life to maintain my value system, even when people have offered me. I mean, I've had people, preachers, big name preachers, offer me to be their man in a country, to represent them. People have offered me big churches in the past, huge churches, just come along. But it wasn't my value system. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Moving on quickly, love the sheep. You want to keep motivated? Keep loving the sheep. If you lie, if you use and abuse the sheep, God will not keep you envisioned. I'm telling you, love the sheep. They're God's people. They're the ones Christ died for. Keep loving them in spite of what they do to you. And I believe that God gives true vision, true vision, in other words, not unreality, real vision to those who have his heart and his heart is to care for sheep. I touched this earlier on, but I want to bring it up again. Keep a heart for the lost, soul winning, caring for them, building bridges with the lost, because the sheep will make so many demands in your life that you won't have time for the, the, the unsaved. But somehow ask God to help you to keep building bridges towards unsaved people and that somehow he'll give you grace and the privilege of sometimes sealing the deal when people say, yes, I want Christ, I want him now. I ask God daily, please just give us opportunities. Help us to be like a lamp and a lighthouse, reaching out to people that we may just have an opportunity to say something. that They'll ask me questions that will help me to share with you with them. And then, and I think I have to, I'm just about done with this now. Take regular rest times. These are some of the disciplines. Take regular rest times during the day. You can't be at it all day and think you're going to last 50, 60, 70 years. You've got to take rest times. Have a tea break or coffee break. Take some time off for lunch. Spend some time with your spouse every day. Just you and your spouse alone. Spend some time with your kids. But also spend some time alone, not even with like praying and reading the word, just alone, refreshing, walking around, as they used to say in the old days, smelling the roses, appreciating the birds, the sounds of the sky, the sounds around you, wind blowing, all the rustling of the winds, all these things. Take time, regular rest times during the day and during the week. God says we should work six days and the seventh day we should rest. Find that day for yourself and then take rest annually. Get a break. Go away, not preparing message only, 
when you go on holiday, try and get a break and then keep fit and keep active. If you can't run, walk, but walk fast. Walk half an hour a day at the minimum. I'm 77 years old and I think when you add up my walks through the day, I, I walk about 5Ks a day. I used to run. I still try to push some weights, do some little exercises here and there every single day. Keep active, keep fit. And then be real, be yourself. And in closing, expect God. Dot, dot, dot. Whatever comes after that for you. God wants to keep you motivated. He wants you to finish well, finish strong. And I want to carry on with a, some different messages, but all on this theme of finishing strong, fruitfully. Finishing strong, fruitfully. Being fruitful and finishing strong. And from time to time over the next few weeks, I'll, I'll preach a message here and there into the life, not, not of just us as a leader, but into the leadership and our church, how to keep the church from doing that, keeping, keep the, uh, doing, not from, but doing that, keeping strong and being fruitful. And may God bless you. And I thank you for the privilege I've had again this morning of sharing God's word with you. I hope it's been helpful. And I'm asking God daily to bless you all. I pray for God's church. I love it. I love you guys. God bless you. And everyone that comes under the sound of my voice in these messages, Father, help them to be motivated. We see each other in heaven and we'll hear that voice. Well done. And we look at each other and say, wasn't he good and wasn't it worth it? Father, help us. I'm asking you in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings on you.